I've definitely looked at my Wikipedia before, so I might have a cheat sheet. Okay, Blake Bolden, born in Euclid, Ohio, native of Cleveland, Ohio, played for the Cleveland Barons Youth Hockey Program, AAA, went off to Northwood School Preparatory in Lake Placid, New York, Boston College right after, two-time U18 world champion. Oh, man, we're, we could keep going. Um, <laughs> NWHL 2015, first black woman to play in the National Women's Hockey League. And on I fast forward, I skipped first round draft pick in the CWHL, which was before the NWHL. Uh, two-time champion, four-time all-star, hardest slap shot winner, twice in a row, let's go. LA King scout, uh, ESPN reporter, and growth and inclusion specialist with the Los Angeles Kings as well. Is that it? Yeah, I right? That's so. all. I don't know. Did I miss anything? You guys would know. <laughs> no, no. I think you got it all in there. And I just want to say for the record, that's like quadruple the length of when we ask our players for their Wikipedia <laughs> That's way more than they usually have to offer. Welcome back, Monsters fans. It's another edition of the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by our good friends at PropSwap. Alongside Nicole DelVolano, as always, Tony Brown here with you. And uh, we have an amazing guest this week. So excited to have the chance to sit down as part of the Monsters Women's History Celebration presented by Athleta with Blake Bolden, who is not only a growth and inclusion specialist and pro scout with the LA Kings, but also a women's hockey pioneer in her own right. She has had a remarkable career. And let's not forget, Nicole, she's also a Cleveland area native. So this was a really cool conversation as part of a really cool broader event but what fun we had talking to Blake I'm really excited to share this with the listeners it was so much fun I know she talks about it and if people came out to the game they probably saw it but it was such a full circle thing that her fandom of hockey started because of jock and then so just the <laughs> Cleveland ties and everything uh bringing it back but I know I know I fangirled pretty hard during the interview she's a pretty awesome person and I think I did nothing to hide that so it was a great conversation it certainly was and I thought it was cool how she talked about coming to Gund Arena, which of course is in the yeah. same location as Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, but a total transformation has taken place over, uh, you know, the period of time for when she was going to Lumberjacks games and, and now with the Monsters. So cool for her to be able to come back to where it all began for her. And boy, has hockey ever taken her uh, many, many places uh, throughout her journey through the game. So that's what's coming up. Want to start this show, though, as always, by talking a little bit about the Monsters' recent exploits on the ice. Before we get there, want to remind you guys that the Monsters I View podcast is presented by PropSwap. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is just around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And now's the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high, and then sell for a huge profit on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. So go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. Full disclosure, we're recording this on the 14th of March. So let's just go back into a couple of games into the past on the Monsters schedule. And let's start with that crazy comeback win on Wednesday 
the ninth in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. It was a makeup day from a game that was uh, originally scheduled for New Year's Day. Monsters fell into a 2 nothing hole, but a great comeback. And then, of course, Dylan Simpson with the overtime winner. But yeah, tale of uh, three separate periods in that game for sure. Monsters did not get out to the start that they wanted. No, but they definitely, uh, they are becoming the comeback kids. The third period has been so much for us lately, but especially against a team like Wilkes-Barre, which not even just this season, but if you look at our franchise record, that is a team that we uh, tend to struggle a little against. So it was nice to get a win out of that one. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, I'm not sure. I, I could be wrong, but I'm not sure in my time with the Monsters if we have beaten Wilkes-Barre Scranton in that building on the road before that game on the ninth. So that was definitely great. And uh, moving on from there, a tough one a couple of days later, uh, capping off a brief two-game trip up in Grand Rapids. Now there's a building that the Monsters have been to countless times. It's always a tough place to play. But the same story, Nicole, uh, tough first period. Monsters were down 3 nothing after 1, 6 nothing after 2. Ultimately fell in the game 6-1, to one, but that that's one that I don't think we'll uh, dissect too too deeply there for the Monsters. Uh, it's that same trend, um, not starting on time. And those are the words of uh, Trent Vogelhuber right there. You wish that one would have went a little different, but I think as you know, the coaches have said too, there's been a couple and literally just a couple of those games lately. And they're just, uh, they're just little blips, which I know it can go right into the, into our next game from, uh, from Sunday. Um, but they're just little blips in what seems to be a really good run for our team right now. Yeah. And, and it was a good bounce back on uh, Sunday. So uh, for us, that's yesterday, Rockford ice hogs came uh, to Cleveland for the first game between the two teams at rocket mortgage Fieldhouse this year. And the monsters took down a four, one win. It was uh, a low scoring game for the longest time, but Cleveland kind of came to life in the third period. But one player I just wanted to highlight uh, who played great, of course, yesterday, but has really um, uh, had an amazing ascension in my mind from where he was at the start of the season down in Kalamazoo coming off of a season in which he didn't play at all with his OHL teams, uh, the Barry Colts schedule impacted by COVID, in fact, fully erased by COVID. But Jet Greaves has been spectacular in net for Cleveland. He is neck and neck now with JF Barube for most appearances for the Monsters this year. They're kind of trading that back and forth as JF is back with Cleveland from Columbus after a great uh, run with the Blue Jackets, got into four games there. But Jet is one of those players that has been a great storyline throughout the season. And he truly, uh, I think really, it's almost like with every start, he's gotten better and better and more confident and maybe his NHL contract plays into that which he signed earlier this season but uh, I don't know uh, all, all things considered he's just been consistently improving throughout the year and that's what you want to see out of a young player yeah he's definitely settling in you know we talked to him post game with the media after um, Sunday's win and I brought up the same thing where I said you know maybe it's coincidence but obviously he's really finding a nice groove after getting the contract and you can just even tell from the smile on his face he's also feeling that he's feeling that level of confidence that just comes between that and getting the win. So it's been great to watch him. He really gets some like uh, highlight worthy saves. He is very, very fun to watch in that. Yes. And uh, you know, confidence is a huge thing for young players, but uh, you know, let's not erase the great execution he's had too. I mean, he has battled and, and shown a lot of heart, I think throughout this season and establishing himself within the blue jackets organization and really sky's the limit for a young guy that now can come into training camp next year, having proved to himself 
that uh, he can compete, no doubt about it, in, in the American Hockey League and, and hopefully before too terribly long at the next level in the NHL. Well, uh, that's a good start here, Nicole. Let's uh, take a quick break. But on the other side, we'll be joined by Blake Bolden. She is our guest on Monsters Eye View podcast, episode number 11. So excited uh, to chat with Blake and share that with you guys. First, one more uh, word from our friends at PropSwap. PropSwap's where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Go to PropSwap.com or download the free PropSwap app today. What we're ready for next, though, is Blake Bolton to join us. She's a pro scout. She's a growth and inclusion specialist with the LA Kings. I didn't even mention before, she's a broadcaster with ESPN covering hockey. In addition to being a great spokesperson and pioneer for the great game of women's ice hockey, for which she has done so much in her career. Blake Bolden joins us next. Stay with us. It's the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. Thank you so much, Blake, for being here. We're so excited to have you, not just on the Monsters Eye View podcast here, presented by PropSwap, of mm-hmm. course, but also um, just here all day long, helping with the Monsters Women's History Celebration. And yes. I understand that all got started this morning. You got a chance to go back to a rink you spent a lot of time in as a kid and help with some on-ice clinics. Tell us about that. Well, 30 girls on the ice, which I was so pumped about the turnout. It was so exciting of all ages, all backgrounds, all over Cleveland right youth hockey and I I told them after I was like I'm so proud to see how far women's and girls hockey has has come in Cleveland because I was playing boys hockey up until high school so I didn't have these girls teams to be able to play on but it was so much fun we had three stations we were falling we were laughing we were chuckling and uh, I really can't wait to come back yeah, let, let's let's talk about Cleveland a little bit because, of course, you're you're from this area and your hockey roots start in Northeast Ohio. So take us back in time a little bit to your earliest exposure to the game and how you sort of got into hockey and decided you wanted to do this uh, throughout your life. Yes, my earliest exposure to hockey was back, back, back in the day, Gundarina. You know, Cleveland was just such a hotbed for hockey at the time for me, and I didn't know it until I was six years old, and my dad started taking me to these games. And I'm walking around in this arena right now like, thinking like, wow, everything is so different. But I used to watch Jock Collender when I was a young girl, <laughs> and he was obviously a rock star, and he was my favorite player on the team. And my dad knew him, my uncle knew him, so I got access to him and I just fell in love with it because the game was so fast and fun and I asked my dad if I could play and here we are, youth hockey in Cleveland. <laughs> How long did it take you to pick up hockey after that? Was it something that was natural for you? Or? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I remember being on the Cyclones in Kent, Ohio, which was the first rink that I ever stepped foot on and just not knowing how to stop on my left foot for two years. <laughs> I mean, I was going to power skating on Sunday every morning at like 7 a.m. until I could figure out what the heck I could do with these edges. <laughs> well, you know, so that was your kind of your start. Uh, so Euclid, right? That's where where you grew up. Um, This is where I was born and I grew up, I grew up all over. I moved a lot. Um, My mom was a single mom. Then she met my dad who introduced me to hockey. And then I just felt like I was all over the place playing in Parma with the Cleveland Barons. And so that's mostly where I played. Great. So uh, defenseman, of course. Yes. Um, How did you identify defense as the position you wanted to play? Well, my coach identified me because (laughs) I played boys hockey and he said, you'd be safer back there than as a forward getting smoked. 
smoked and I trusted him and then I ended up liking it because I could be quarterback and yeah you know yeah. control the play that's interesting you say it like that because you don't think about it very very much you know when you have boys and girls on the team together that your coach would put you back there so I know you said a little with the clinic like nothing like that happened for you growing up so how important is it to have like girls only clinics to be able to help grow the game I can only imagine me as a young girl being able to be on the ice like these girls were mm -hmm. today this morning and and they had so much fun I mean my heart just bursted with all the smiles and all the autographs and all the pictures that they wanted to take I felt like a celebrity <laughs> and so I, I think it's I think it's really important for them to have that yeah uh, couldn't agree more so as we look at your career let's let's transition now to Boston College and your college days I would imagine uh, getting that opportunity to play at BC a place like that really kind of put you on a path right and unlocked your your career a little bit so how'd you end up at bc such a storied uh, place for hockey well i fell in love with the city when i was 14 years old i went to a boarding school in lake placid so i could get recruited to play at bc yep. which i knew i wanted to go to when i was 14 <laughs> i saw them play in the frozen four and they lost in an overtime and something in my head was like oh i guess i want to go to bc and help <laughs> change your program and i got there and the school's beautiful if you've ever been yeah. it's it's so historic historical it's it's a prestigious university and the hockey program has such great history and uh, I had a really great time there I thrived as a freshman all throughout my senior year where I captained and and I'm still super close to the coaches now and it was an honor to go to that that school what was one of your uh, top memories from the school I think one of my top memories was playing with Kelly Stack who's also a Cleveland yeah. you know yeah. native who went to BC before I did and I kind of like Followed her and thought she was amazing because she is. Um, and winning Hockey East for the first time for the school was was pretty awesome. Big deal. Yeah. Big and deal. a couple of bean pots in there. You <laughs> know? Just throw them casually. Just <laughs> yeah. kind of casually mention those two. Uh, we're talking here with Blake Bolden. Uh, so happy to have her as part of the Monsters Women's History Celebration presented by Athleta here on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap uh, with Nicole Del Volano, Tony Brown here with you. Uh, so you said right off the top in your Wikipedia entry, I mean, you hit all the points already <laughs> but but backtracking uh, let's talk a little bit about your pro career now and, yeah. and how you sort of you know began your career and and sort of of course you know you played for the Boston Blades like you said in the CWHL Boston Pride you won the Isabel Cup like just take us through your transition into the pro game and then uh, you know take us through some of your defining moments as a professional hockey player okay graduating in 2013 from Boston I came back home to Cleveland when I was feeling sorry for myself when I got cut from Team U. USA on their way to Sochi. And I had a coach call me and say, Blake, you need to come back to Boston. You need to continue to play. You're still one of the best players in the world. Like, get your butt back here. I will draft you first round. And I was like, okay, let's go. So right after that, I, I went to the Blades and I had a great time. And I spent two seasons there. We won the Clarkson Cup year two. And then the National Women's Hockey League came about where they were promising to play female hockey players. And I was like, okay, well, I'm working a nine to five and extra bit of cash would be amazing and uh, we won that inaugural Isabel Cup and that was such a special moment for me and I think from that moment on women's hockey has just continued to prosper and grow and more eyes and visibility for the sport has been really important and I'm really excited to see where women's hockey goes from here. Yeah I was wondering sort of your your take on the the state of, of professional women's hockey yeah. right now what what's uh, sort of ahead and, and what the future might hold for you know whether it's the PHF or any 
any other league that might come into being? Well, in my eyes, I would just like to see one large league that all of these girls can play play in. One league where the girls can try out. One league where the girls can get paid a sustainable wage, right? Because I was making maybe six grand a year, and I couldn't live in Boston without having a full-time job. So that is really important, the sustainability aspect of it. And just to get people to watch the game and see how great and how much finesse us females have on the ice because we're not, you know, stepping up and checking and fighting, but we've got a lot of swag. We've got a lot of great placement. You know, if you look at our scouting reports, I know it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about, you know, aside from your playing career, you've done a lot of other really, really cool things, including uh, dipping your toe into broadcasting a little bit, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. you know, working with ESPN and, and, you know, sort of becoming a reporter and seeing the industry from a different side. Like, yeah. I love to talk to our players about, you know, how they sort of realize as their career goes on that it's not just playing. There's a whole lot of angles to hockey in this industry. So how have you enjoyed sort of that side uh, in front of the camera and and sort of joining the media ranks a little bit? It's different. I can tell you right now it's different being the person asking the questions versus (laughs) being the person being asked the questions. And I'm definitely learning the do's and the don'ts and being comfortable um, pulling tidbits out of people, getting information. It's a learning curve for me. I feel like I'm brand new. I'm super green and it's something that I'm going to work towards getting really good at. But it's been enjoyable this far. So as you're working in hockey a bit more, I know obviously we work in very different sides of hockey, but still um, it's, you know, we're trying to work in a male dominated sport. So how has that been for you transitioning into that? And I know I see this organization and Columbus, everyone's amazing, really starting to, you know, adapt to having more women working in roles in different areas. How has that been for you? Oh, well, it's been incredible working with the Los Angeles Kings since 2020 has I mean, my career just exploded. Mm -hmm. People were taking notice. I'm just second woman to ever scout in the NHL. And I'm just like, whoa, I can't believe that I got here. This is really cool. I want to make a great impression. I want to work really hard. And, you know, as I always tell my girls that it's really important to just try to be bold, be confident in what you're saying. And sometimes I have to tell myself that. I was just telling my fiance on Monday when we had scouting meetings how nervous I was being in a room with people who have been scouting for 30, 40 years and have been playing men's professional hockey and me being in that landscape and having an opinion and and just being strong in that and it's it's a challenge but again if you're not uncomfortable you're not growing and that's definitely something I'm learning as I'm getting older. Has it been something for you to be sort of surreal to see even just I know you're talking about the girls like wanting your autograph taking pictures with you I know myself and like Raven working with you it's something that we both fangirl over pretty hard too (laughs) but just knowing how much of an impact that you're having on women not just on the ice but off the ice being able to use your voice for something like that uh well i hope i'm making you guys proud because that's what i'm here for Mm -hmm. i i really enjoy it and i'm very humbled that you're fangirling don't fangirl (laughs) like i'm a person just like you and raven raven's amazing and i'm just really happy that i can be surrounded by women in sport because Mm -hmm. it's not something that you are around all the time and it's good to have a network and we should stay in touch yeah Listen, I know she's appeared on our podcast and on the Monsters OT show before, but for those that don't know, talking about Raven Payne, our excellent community relations lead with the Monsters, who has been doing a whole lot of great work behind the scenes for this promotion and every single promotion that we do throughout the year. Um, Just, Blake, if we could go back a little bit to your role with the Kings, though. I'm just wondering uh, how that came about. Did the Kings reach out to you? Is this something you wanted to do, get into scouting and and join an NHL club? Like, sort of, how did this work? I think the story is pretty cool. I was joining Black Girl 
Central Hockey Club yeah. as a special uh, guest, if you will. And um, Black Girl Hockey Club is an organization that goes into these rinks and brings a diverse background of individuals to watch the game. So I was just hanging out, and lo and behold, Luke Robitaille is in the tunnel where the Zamboni comes out, and I'm standing there like, oh my gosh, that's Luke Robitaille. I should go say hi. I shouldn't go say hi. I should go say hi. So I went, <laughs> and I went to go say hi, and he knew all about women's hockey. He knew about the struggles that we face, and he knew who I was. And I'm like, this is a Hall of Famer who's got a statue outside of the former Staples Center who knows who I am. Highest scoring left wing in right. history. Right. It's like crazy. And so he asked me, he said, have you ever thought about being a scout? And, and I genuinely said, no, but I'm so interested. And he gave me his email that I had to memorize because he didn't have a card. And so I was like, okay, blah, 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 at lakings.com. Okay, got it. And I sent my resume and came in for interviews and crushed it, I guess. Yeah, what makes the Kings organization such a great place for you to work and, and to sort of expand, in, not only as a scout, but you're also a growth and inclusion yeah. specialist, right, with the Kings. So what yes. makes them such a great fit for you personally? I think Los Angeles is very progressive. I think they have an insanely large cast net. Being in Los Angeles, one of the most diverse cities, I think, in the country, uh, you, you're able to attract and communicate and reach out to different communities. And that's what I really like about Los Angeles. And they're always thinking about new ways that they can get involved with the community. And I really appreciate that. And they're constantly asking me about my opinion and what they can do better and respecting my opinion and hockey ops as well. So that's really important to me. Awesome stuff. Yeah. We're talking here with Blake Bolden on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by PropSwap. I think we can go to the shootout here in just a second. Yeah. I have one last question for okay. you before Nicole takes over. So when you think about your whole career, you know, I don't know if they're players, they're coaches, they're teammates, whatever, but who are some of the names that you give, you know, some of the most credit to for helping you along, getting you to where you are? Who are some of the names at the top of the list when you think about your career of who made a big difference for you? Wow, that's a really good question. I could start from youth hockey, Bill Andreski, who was my first Barron's coach who gave me a chance to play boys hockey and actually told me when I tried out, don't make my job easy. I don't want to cut you, so just work your butt <laughs> off. And I was like, okay, I will try my hardest. Thomas Broderick in my prep school, I was the only black girl there for four years straight, kind of gave me a big arm around my shoulder and said, I'm going to support you, whatever you need. I know you might be homesick. My collegiate coaches, Katie King and Courtney Kennedy, were huge to me and very inspirational as they were Olympic athletes. Um, I could keep going down the list. I mean, Luke Robitaille, Kim Davis of the NHL, my family, who's always been there, Nelson Emerson and Kelly Cheeseman and Jennifer Pope, all LA Kings execs who just are like, Blake, what do you need? Blake, what do you want? Like, what should we do? Come on, let's go. And yeah, I, I've just had a really great team around me. And obviously my fiance, who's been my number one supporter, who has honestly seen the potential in me before I could even see it myself. So all of those people. That's, That's awesome. great. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, Nicole, let her rip the signature segment Nicole's shootout here we go all right our shootout segment so I will start with the first question um what is your favorite Cleveland hockey memory from watching the games oh I remember being down in the tunnels giving knucks to you know all the players just walking down and me having like a little baby lanyard and just being like wow <laughs> this is really cool I don't see any other kids down here and Buzz back in the day came to my birthday party oh. when I turned <laughs> Oh, that's 10. How you know you're Luckiest a big deal. Kid in the world. <laughs> I was there. lucky, yeah. Buzz is the man. 
All right. Um, who is another female athlete you look up to? It can be outside of hockey, too. Ooh, another female. I love Candace Parker. I think she is so confident, especially in broadcasting. I want to be literally just like her, just swag, poised, knows what she's talking about, and is just an amazing athlete in general. All right. And then last one. Um, it's okay if you got to take a second to think about it. But what is the best piece of advice that's been given to you? Best piece of advice that's been given to me? Hmm. Yeah, I definitely have to think about it. I think the advice that I'm always giving other people mm -hmm. is to figure out who they are themselves. Because when I was growing up in the sport, I constantly was conforming and trying to figure out how to fit in. And I think it's cool to be different. It's cool to have different viewpoints and different friends friends and interests and just be that and be okay with it. Oh, I'll take that. That was a good answer. <laughs> was, all right, perfect. That was the, the cleanest shootout, shootout we've had all year. It really was. <laughs> that was really good. Blake, uh, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and yeah. also for everything you're doing today to help the Monsters with our uh, Women's History Celebration. Yeah, thank thank you. you. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank yeah. you, guys. Glad to be home. Welcome back on the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by Prop Swap with Nicole Del Villano, Tony Brown here with you, and Blake Bolden. Man, how good is she? Uh, just a fabulous conversationalist in this format. And uh, it was great to get to know her a little bit too. And I thought, Nicole, it was awesome to, for her to sort of talk about what it meant to her as, as a girl playing hockey in Cleveland, you know, years ago to see the participation in the on ice clinics that she was a part of alongside the Monsters during her time, uh, you know, helping us out with our women's history celebration presented by Athleta. So uh, really cool for her to sort of, you know, see what opportunities there are for young female hockey players in Northeast Ohio now, as opposed to when she was growing up. Yeah. And you know, the things she said were echoed by the participants from the clinic of just how important it was to them to be able to have that girl specific clinic where they can all just get to know each other and learn, uh, learn all the aspects of hockey together or improve because they were all very talented. But, um, you know, that's something that I know us as an organization likes to keep growing too. So just being able to have that event really uh, got the ball rolling on our side too on how we can continue to make those amazing lots of fun lots of impact i think made by blake and and the monsters too as part of our grow the game efforts with those clinics and uh, for all you fans out there if you've got a young hockey player in your house whether it be uh, a boy or girl you know stay tuned to the monster social channels throughout the summer we're going to be doing tons of cool things in the off season and really year round to help keep the game of hockey growing in northeast ohio and blake certainly a big part of that uh with our women's history celebration but just in general as a Cleveland native and, and such a decorated product of uh, the youth hockey community here in Northeast Ohio. Excellent stuff. Nicole, thank you so much for your work on another fabulous episode. We will have episode 12 coming up. I have a feeling before we know it, but uh, good stuff with Blake Bolden, a fun episode. So thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah. And uh, heads up to everybody. You'll be able to actually watch some of our conversation with Blake Bolden. When you check out uh, throughout the month of April, one of our upcoming episodes of Monsters OT, on Valley Sports Great Lakes, which is presented by University Hospital Sports Medicine. So you can check out that chat with Blake there, but thanks for listening today. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast wherever you might find your podcast. Again, this is the Monsters Eye View podcast presented by our great friends at PropSwap. For Nicole Del Villano, I'm Tony Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode.